more. This is one more. Bienvenidos. Welcome to Otra, por favor. Episode number 44. I am here today with an all-women lead-led podcast <laughs> for Otra, por favor. I think it's the first time I've seen this um, in Austin, women talking soccer. How are y'all, ladies? I'll let each one of y'all introduce yourselves. I'm, I'm Roma Desai, and I'm doing great. Hi, Michelle. Uh, gracias. Otra, por favor, for having us on, on set. Um, I'm Gabriela Navarro. I'm uh, one of the members of Los Verdes. I'm Serafina Lopez. Super excited to be here with y'all. Uh, great leadership team here, and let's get going. Awesome. Okay, so let's just kick it off. Let's talk about the Verde. What did y'all think? What have y'all thought? Thoughts? Anything? How is it going for y'all as a supporters group? I guess I, I let me start off with that, and then we could dive into... How the team is doing overall? Well, I th I mean, I think for us as a supporters group with Los Verdes and honestly anybody in general, I think everything has gone well enough. You know, I think it's been decent. It's been fun. There's definitely been the ups and down moments, uh, just like any other supporters group. But I think um, the success that we've built within the community has allowed us to make everything else easy and allows um, whether it's, you know, doing collabs with other organizations or just like your collabs or anything with a community, it has just fallen into place. So it's it's been great, you know, and just the, the people and the talent that we have at the stadium um, and the energy that everybody's bringing in there is just such a beautiful thing to see and, and hear, honestly, and hopefully it stays that way forever. Yeah, I obviously I know you, Gabriela, um, from uh, Los Verdes, president of Los Verdes, but I want to have an opportunity to give you a little bit of a platform as well. So those who don't know, who really um, don't know what Los Verdes is, who, what y'all do for the supporters group, and then how much do y'all love this team? Uh, hi, I'm Roma Desai, also a member of Los Verdes. I think, um, you know, kind of talking about what Gabby uh, more about what Gabby said. Um, the group is full of just inclusive members and a central tenant, I think, to the organization is is community and um, being inclusive and, and just being supportive. And I think that breeds um, that breeds the the love of the community, that breeds all the support for Austin that's part of the community. And uh, you know, it, it helps that the team is doing better in season two, but um, a lot of the members that we have have been have been there since the beginning and since the since the time that the team wasn't doing as well. And I think, yeah, a lot of a lot of what keeps the members around and keeps the excitement uh, both for the team and Austin in general is just that community feeling. For those who don't really know. Uh, you know, all the different moving parts that the supporters group have, like what, what's exactly your role, I guess, um, in, in it? Sure. I think um, that's another, so I'm, I'm one of the board members, but honestly, I think the way that this organization, organization has been set up and, and Gabby and Serafina have been on the board um, even longer, but the idea is that we have these board members, but 
we want to empower all our members to sort of uh, be part of this community. We want it to be inclusive and not just have like a, you know, a board that leads the entire organization. Everybody's part of this organization. We want everyone to feel that way and to contribute in any way they feel comfortable contributing. And um, that's, that's led to this community effort. And so, you know, there are people who work on the TIFOs. There are people that are, are part of La Murga, but also part of Los Verdes. There are, um, you know, there, we have pickup soccer channels. We have, there's all kinds of interests, just, just like the people of Austin. I mean, we have, I think, 2,500 or so members, and there are different interests across the board. And um, there are community efforts, volunteering efforts that are always popping up, and it's all, for the most part, member-driven. And, you know, as board members, we're there to, to help as best as we can and kind of lead, but um, the members themselves do a lot of the work and take the laboring oar, and again, that's that's part of what makes the group special. Right. An incredible group, um, you know, as we all have seen, and I've seen uh, other fans from the MLS finally kind of recognizing Austin, right, taking them a little bit more serious. I know I mentioned that to Wolf that, you know, I saw a supporters from LA Galaxy. She was like, guys, are y'all really trying to put Austin FC like as one of the better teams this season? And I was like, yeah, you know, actually, um, as tough as I can be as a critic myself, I kind of put them up there. But I want to talk, give you also the opportunity to talk a little bit about your experience and kind of what you do. Yeah, yeah. So this is actually, this is Serafina. Um, this is my second year in leadership now. And some of my favorite things are just being there for all of the members. All these members have so many questions and things they want to get involved with and stuff. And they need, they need people to kind of help them pave those ways. Um, I love helping with our TFOs. We have new people come out and help paint every single time. Um, one of the fun things we used to do when we first started designing and creating our banners is like, go to a local Austin studio, art studio, and have tables all in the back and different banners at each one, and people come by and shifts, you know, take turns painting a little bit. Uh, we did one downtown near the Capitol. It was a pop-up, um, same thing from that same studio on the streets. We, local people walking by, just walking, watching us, you know, paint our banners for the season, asking what, what's going on, what is this? Um, it's helping people get into that kind of creative outlet, and we're at the Tifa Warehouse just talking to all of our members, saying hi to them, asking how things are going with them, their experiences. Um, like Vilma mentioned, we have pickup channel, and I love being involved in a pickup channel, uh, so much that we have our own LV team now that we're having games, and we had a whole tryout series for that, so I kind of helped run those tryouts for our, our members, and, you know, we had so many people come out to play, and, and just want to be involved. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, and then game days, I love just helping all the members, you know, they need song sheets, questions about where to sit. I know Roma helps a lot, kind of, too, with Oakfront duties, kind of stuff like that, you know, just being there to help out our members, whatever they need. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know about the TIFO thing. They all kind of just like, oh, hey, let me, let me paint here <laughs> or whatever, you know. Um, obviously, there's a lot of working parts, but now let's get down to um, the soccer. Obviously, if you all want to get involved with Los Verdes, always reach out. There's so many members they all can reach out to, but they also have their own 
page online, social media, Los Verdes. Um, and so, and y'all do a really great job for this team. And they're, I know they recognize that a lot. Um, but um, I want to talk about Austin FC, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, what a comeback. Um, you know, against, we were just talking beforehand, DC. And then, um, you know, this last Saturday with Vancouver, 3-0, 3-0 is what I said. Um, so that was <laughs> nice, right? Let's try to make that a thing instead of los acero <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so let's talk about um what y'all think overall about the team and maybe who's y'all's like favorite player or someone that's shined um and then and then we'll go from there god it's been such a huge different start of the season this year compared to last year like i feel like the energy from the end of last season you know that last home game we had was electric so much fun that same energy just carried, built up, and even now these home games that we have are just twice, three times, five times more what we could have ever thought it could be right now. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we've we've come a long ways. I mean, last year it seemed like everything was going wrong on the field. You know, there was a couple moments where things would go right, um, and you could feel it. I mean, the players would, you know, we, we would sometimes get their energy – just by the way that they presented themselves. And honestly, like, there was definitely games where I was pissed off because you could see players hang their head, and it was upsetting, right? Because no matter what in the supporter section, like, we were screaming our lungs. You know, the amount of times that, like, we went to Houston and Dallas and the results weren't in our, in our, I mean, in our end, you know? Um, everybody rubbed it in, right? And as a supporters group, like, you have to continue to carry your team no matter what, even though everybody's talking shit and it sucks and it burns, right? It's one of those things. So now coming into this year and seeing the difference, um, you know, kind of like in D.C., the comeback. I was telling you earlier, like, our team last year could have probably never came back like the way that they did this year. It's just a whole different mentality. And you can see the leadership that everybody carries, right? Like, I think last year you could see a few different leaders within the group, but now it's more than half of the team that feels like they can lead and that they could, you know, say words to empower each other. And you hear it from the film, right, from the marketing team at Austin FC. Like, obviously they do a great job, and but they, they highlight those things that some of us will never get to see because it's locker room talk, right? But to be able to hear what they're saying in there and then come out in the field – and show results like in DC. I mean, it's good, right? Like, obviously, we just had a terrible day at in San Antonio, and it was it was obviously, you know, it it also burned like it hurts whenever we lose. Um, but then to come into Vancouver and just kill it out there, you know, obviously, like anytime everybody says like uno a cero, dos a cero, tres a cero, like this PTSD <laughs> for me as a Mexico <laughs> fan, you know, but. Um, <laughs> But knowing that Austin FC came out and and got Tres Acero was just a beautiful, beautiful thing to see, you know, and I think a lot of people calmed down. So now going into Houston, I know all the tension is high. I know tension is high and, you know, I hope we go there and we bring back the results that, that we want and that we finally take the wins with Houston and Dallas this year. Roma, who's your favorite player? <laughs> that's That's hard. I honestly... I'm one of those people that has a hard time uh, getting the name of a player on my jersey because I I just I love the team and I'm all about supporting the team and they they're all they're all great. I mean, we 
speaking of DC, speaking of some of these games, I mean, you see in different games, different people step up. That was a game Danny Hosen stepped up that, like, <laughs> hadn't before, you right. know. And so it's just, I think those are the cool moments that um, that we, we've been getting to see is that obviously year one is tough. Everybody was new. And, and for me, like, I, I think, you know, I think it's amazing. We had 250 people go to D.C. not knowing if we were really going to win or not. The game up until the last 10 minutes was not great. And then it was, you know, amazing. And, um, but to have that many people still show up, that's for, that's for the team. And of course we want to win and winning is going to help bring in more and more people, but, um, it's just, to me, there's something different here. And yeah, I think I'm just, I love all the players. I don't, You're I could so probably, <laughs> I could probably find us improved. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to go there. No, I, not Romana. I, <laughs> I, but yeah, I think, like I said, I, I think it's cool to see somebody different, unexpected step up um, in these last couple games, and 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 that's a cool thing. Right, and um, I think uh, today Wolf said two things that stood out to me, um, which was, you know, people talk about, or fans or the media, he likes to use that language a lot, they talk about how how much better this team has been but he also said that it's super important that that it could get recognized that the platform he set that last season and so this is just adding to the new players with experience that he added um to the squad right um i still think that sometimes as we saw in san antonio uh the team can lack a little bit of depth so you take out these key players and your team starts crumbling. Um, so I have been super disappointed. I'll start with the bad one. I've been just super disappointed a little bit uh, with Ring. Um, I think that if I don't like him as a captain. I think someone else should wear that. Um, because there's just sometimes where he does these little mistakes where a, a leader, your captain should have been doing those things. Right. Um, but I think that's the only two takeaways that I can, um, say, I think on the positive side, Wolf did say last Saturday, you know, he, what he can promise and what he wants more is more goals. So he's by that, he kind of ma made it seem like, okay, so we won three zero. I honestly, I would have preferred five zero six zero you know sometimes you hear this conversation about how a really bad team not that Vancouver's bad but you know a really bad team gets scored on like 10 zero like we, when we saw you know the women's world cup and they're like oh yeah. my god why would you do that it's like no like this is soccer great yeah. let's do it you know um but Cincinnati and Miami Right. <laughs> right. Great. So exactly. So um so I definitely definitely feel that the um identity, what he wants, the intensity is there. So I feel more comfortable that this team going to Houston this weekend, they're gonna they're gonna bring their A game. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm ex super excited. Um I am nervous because their fans are are a little bit I, I heard some things that happened in Dallas. Um, so it's, it's a little worrisome, but I think our, the guys will show up. Yeah. I mean, it's any of the Texas teams, right. And I think especially, um, with Houston, I think we can all speak on that is that Houston is a different, uh, location and, and one that not only, you know, 
us as as fans have to go prepared, but also the team. Um, and making sure that we bring back the results, right? And and like you said, yeah, I, I could see how um, Ring this year has kind of almost like dimmed down from from that, like, I guess not popularity, but just from that uh, spotlight of, of the things he was leading last year. You know, I think he's still a good player and stuff, but I definitely see, you know, like like Drew, see, he's doing so well. He's leading the team. He's being super positive. Um, Maxi's doing the same thing. You know, those are the types of that's the type of energy that we need. Diego, of course, like man, that guy is just amazing, right? Like in and out through the community and on the field. Like who we wouldn't want to replace somebody like that, right? Um, we could always replace somebody like Redes. You know, I mean, I'm one hundred percent. I'm one hundred percent on board with that. I know yeah. not a lot of people like that, and but you know, like like Wolf said, um, he's he's a practice player, but I don't think a practice player should be getting paid that much, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> those are the kind of changes, you know. But I understand that Redes, for example, is a really young player and he's growing, he's developing, and everything, but. We need. I feel like us and the fan base should see more from him, right? He should be looking um, to to like Drusi and Maxi and Diego and all those guys that are are really leading out there, you know, and in, in their leadership and on the field. Like, take some points from that, right? Take some points from that. Take it and run from it because, as a young player, you know, the last thing that you want is is to not put your name out there and then be forgotten about. And that's what I worry about this. Yeah. Talk about forgetful. Um, what a, if Cecilia Dominguez, I, I feel like a lot of people, um, obviously we know that the MLS is investigating him. Um, there's, we don't know why um, from the team, at least they haven't said why, but we do know that APD released some documents, not just saying that there was a, a disturbance at his household. Um, that could lead that was I, I don't forget the word I want to be careful when I say but um it was along the lines of domestic abuse right um and then there's articles you google his name there's articles that connect him to that uh back in Paraguay um but from the soccer's point of view I feel like a lot of fans don't really necessarily want him back do you, how do y'all feel about that I mean it seems like the team is doing okay without him and I know it's a hard conversation to have but it's a conversation that i think needs to be talked about a little bit maybe yeah, yeah. go ahead I, I i'd like to believe it's they're tied together um right i mean we don't we don't know all the facts but a lot of what's been out in in these reports and what we've seen both from a few years ago and most recently it's really disturbing abuse is abuse and that's not something, you know, I talked about inclusivity and our community and being supportive. That's not something that Los Verdes stands for. That's not something Austin stands for. And so I think um, I, I'd like to hope that that's a, a big part of the angle of why um, most people in Austin are not missing Cecilia. But, um, I mean, on the field as well, they're – we have been doing well, and and clear, and clearly that helps to not have him. But yeah, I, I don't like I said we don't we don't know all the facts, but um, the stuff that's out there is is very very disturbing and and not something that we support at all, and wouldn't want our club to support and our community to support. Right. I just hope we hear something soon. 
Yeah. I feel like we're kind of just left in the dark right now and our minds kind of wander about like what is actually going on. But really, though, no one has any idea. Nothing's been said. And so we're kind of stuck in this circle right now of just your thoughts accumulating. And then when something does finally get released, you know, then that's when everyone's mm-hmm. emotions are kind of come out. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is just what I think. I think the MLS is taking their time and really deciding how they want to go forward with this because they want to be super careful with the message that they send. And then, obviously, Austin FC will follow, right? Um, but, you know, the police report was super, they weren't pressing charges. That's that's a fact. Uh, the APD is not pressing charges or no or continue with the investigation right um and then yeah i guess we'll we'll see what happens but um but i think regardless um how the team handles this the front office um i think it's gonna you know make a difference and i think it will matter because people it, it is austin at the end of the day um and our like you said our community is super close and we don't really stand for for that kind of behavior um in our community. And, and, you know, I think just like, kind of like Roma said, the the history is there, right? So it's really hard to say like, oh, this is not another incident. You know, it's really hard to, to have that mindset. Um, but I like, you know, I, I do hope that if, if he is found guilty or there was found, you know, evidence or everything, if, if thing goes against him, then I really do hope that MLS and, and Austin FC puts a stop to it, right? Because no matter what player you are, no matter your quality of, of play, at the end of the day, like, it's domestic violence is just not something that should ever be allowed in, in somebody's life, you know? And, and it sucks that that's already a, something that's going on. Um, and I think that, you know, it was, to me, it was a positive to see that the club went out the gate as them pinpointing the issue right away and, and leading that effort into the investigation to, to start it, right. To open that back up. Um, but in the future, right. I hope that there's maybe, maybe there's a way to do more vetting um, with some of the new players that are coming in or a way to, to, you know, provide them with resources. Um, it's little things like, I don't know, you know, obviously I don't know how the club works, how onboarding goes or everything like that. I'm guessing is just your typical background check, like any other company, but I think also providing resources to families of the players um, or to the players themselves, right? Like domestic violence is is a is a big thing right now. I mean, we're seeing it with like Johnny Depp, for example, and and his ex wife. Like, just you know, on a bigger, more out there, like, or I guess a more uh, famous person, you know, than than Cecilio. But it's it happens everywhere, right? Yeah, and it happens right. in our homes and. Same, same with Los Verdes, right? Like that's that's a that's a very touchy subject. Um, I think there's many touchy subjects that we that we hit on, but we always are hopeful that you know not only our leadership but our members also pull through and pull together as a community and push forward to to better these outcomes, right? Or provide resources for people that might not ever think like, hey, there's a helping hand out there, there's a good neighbor, um, and that's what all we can hope for is to right. help each other. Yeah, I mean, I think it's honestly in, in in minorities in the minority community. I think it's very common to see domestic violence. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just something. I mean, I'm Mexican, and it's in horrible over there. It's horrible. Um, yeah. It's something that they also are trying to fix themselves as a society. But you know, you know, all you can hope for is that 
you know, we move forward as a community and the right steps are taken in this type of case, right? But on the bright side, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I think we kind of all spoke about how, how we feel and I think we, we need to um, wait for that. But um, I guess on the bright side, we were talking about um, leadership in, in this team and I just want to, um, I know Roma doesn't have a favorite player, uh, but I want to give y'all an opportunity to see <laughs> who's y'all's favorite player. I like to hear who's uh, people's like favorite player. Um, obviously, besides mine, my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think the player that's really impressing me the most right now is Danny Pereira. Just the way he's stepped up and grown so much and just kind of isn't afraid to take that middle position on now and make those runs, make those tackles that lead to a run and lead to us getting a penalty kick and getting a goal and those kind of things he's really stepped up to do. is really cool to see on the field, just that confidence boost, honestly, from him. Um, and I, I, I really do like Maxi. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just – he's not afraid to take those shots. And I love a good banger goal, so he, he's good at that and shoot away. Apparently he's I, a good cook too. I, I could tell you who's impressive to me. I'm not – I'm just not picking a favorite. Yeah. <laughs> just just don't choose Romagna or Redes. <laughs> Obviously, those aren't my favorites. But, um, man, it's hard because Diego has always been a very, like, favorite player of, of me as a community member. Um, but, honestly, Maxi has been has been fun to, to see play and everything. Like, Drucy's, like, on another level, obviously, because he's his own thing. And, and it's hilarious that everybody calls him, like, Drucy Dior and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. and I love that. Um, he wears Dior. Yeah, we can. We can uh, Dior. He wears it well. And he wears it nice. <laughs> I'm so, so poor. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I can't always, even buy a chain. A little chain costs you, like, $200. I know. Maybe a keychain one year. Right. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I really like... Um, what Maxi has brought to our team, um, just that you know that he has meshed very well with Diego and and Drusi and even Danny, um, like all those guys right there have have been working really hard and and doing really good, um, and yeah, I, I would say Maxi on that one. Yeah, he just knows the league too. Yeah, he's played all these teams. He's been to all these other stadiums. Knows what those away fans are like. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think our, our struggle is on the road. And so to have someone who plays with us who has already played in all these stadiums and stuff and you know, when he's calm about it, that's made a huge difference. Yeah, 100%. Made a big difference in D.C. I will say I do feel bad that Maxi had to go through two terrible Texas teams to get to us. <laughs> yes. But at least he's home where he needs to be. And I'm sure one day he'll recognize that. You know, it took two trials to get to the best part, so we'll see. Yeah. Dallas and Houston, they're overrated as cities, <laughs> in my opinion. But um, I, I guess to me it's obvious the obvious. Um, the player that I think brings the more, um, let's say, the X factor, I think it is Driussi because without him you don't have um, – Maxi doing those runs, making yeah. those runs, having, you know, finishing the play, which is his his job to do right on the field. Um, you know, Diego is great also as, as doing the same thing, but without Driussi and having that talent that he just brings, the swagger that he brings uh, with his game just adds so much to the team. Like you could just instantly tell that this guy's soccer is so different. Um, so, I, I mean – What's not to like about him? I think he's getting recognized with <laughs> yeah. um, Tati Castellanos 
um, as well. And so he's another great player in the league. So he, I think he's going to have a really, really good season if, you know, everything goes well and he doesn't get hurt in any way. Yeah, I think I think that you nailed it for on Drew Seat because he's he's a finisher. He's he is on another level, and what that does is one helps the rest of the team because he's going to draw players in, and that frees up some of these other players. and And he does he's a great finisher when he's on there. He's mostly finishing his shots, and that gives the rest of the team confidence, and that helps everyone else. Um, he's amazing. Diego, I mean, that guy just doesn't stop. He played all 120 minutes plus yep. in San Antonio. He played in D.C. before that, and then he showed up for Vancouver. And you can tell that that guy bleeds for what he's like. He's playing for. Yeah. He's out there, and he really is putting it all out there. And, and yeah, Ma- Maxi's a proven goal scorer, but I think, yeah, it takes, like, all these pieces – and one of the things I like, I think that's why it's hard for me to pick a favorite necessarily, <laughs> is because I think part of the the good thing we did do in the off season is add some of these extra pieces that helped all the players out. Um, and we still we still need to add more depth. And but even you know having Ethan Finley being able to come off the bench. Um, you know these are these are proven players, and the more you have of those players, the more the entire team does well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do need a lot more depth, and I'm definitely I was concerned. I think everybody was concerned last year on defense, and I don't think that's I think that's an area we didn't add many players. Kip Keller's doing great, but right. he still is a he's a, young, he's young a first kid. year player, right. yeah. and um, we saw what happened in San Antonio. He was out. Um, Romagna's out, mm-hmm. and 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 then you know everything kind of falls on Cascante, and that's not enough. And we don't have anybody really else. We don't have any other natural CBs right. um, to help out there. They move John Gallagher back there. He's great too. Right. But I think to me, the defense. I know a lot of MLS probably doesn't really value defense, but right. that's somewhere we definitely to me need more right. depth. I agree one hundred percent. I think Gabrielson is. Um, Getting used to still the type of play that MLS is um, coming from abroad, um, but yeah, Kip Keller. I mean, I'm excited for him, but like you said, he's he's like a Danny Pereira. I will see him flourish more maybe in year two. Um, but yeah, I, Gallagher and the defense. I mean, I guess I I see why Wolf puts him there, but not my favorite move in my opinion. I'm also just really happy Stuber is right behind them too. Right behind, <laughs> yeah. Did y'all see Tarbell? I'm sorry, but oh my god, I was like, what yeah. in the what? To, to be fair, at least on that first goal, I felt like there was some uh, not great man marking, and I don't know who's. <laughs> <laughs> who that fell on but uh yeah that was that was rough that was, that was a tough one but moving on um I guess we're talking about soccer and we're women talking about soccer um I had an opportunity to do a Spanish um story on women's soccer in Austin um and so I had a lot of fun with it um a lot of the things um you know, that I learned from there is the future of NWSL coming to Austin. Obviously, I'll have you, I'll give you what Danny said towards the end, but I'm just curious to know, um, you know, I I know you guys go out to uh, UT women's soccer games and 
and whatnot. But um, I think adding an NWSL team to Austin, I think that would really like um that you know it could be the X factor, the UCDR type of thing. In my opinion, I don't know thoughts about that. Yeah, I think it's um, it should be in um, a when, not an if. Um, I I mean this this city has enough support and uh, a lot of women's soccer already kind of established here that uh, to me it's a no-brainer. I mean, we talked, you know, there's FC Austin Elite that's been around for a long time. There's um, Wilco FC, there's Bat Country FC, there's UT, um, and FC Austin, uh, FC Austin Elite just brought Tigris to play over here. That's huge. Yeah. Um, and, and then we've got indoor, indoor women's teams, you know, the fierce, there's so many and, and the Lone Star, uh, program also has a really great, uh, girls and women's young women's program. And so I, I think, yeah, there's absolutely room and, uh, probably just as much support for a women's team here, a professional first division women's team as there is men's. And and that's not even... I don't even think that necessarily has to be the same fans. I still think there's plenty of support and you'd get the same kind of um, same kind of reaction you do for Austin FC, but for a women's team. Yeah, I agree. Man. Guys, it's, I mean, what, like, I guess since you, I'm sorry, I don't know your background, but I assume you played yeah. soccer. Right. Okay. I think we all did, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I guess, what did, what does that mean? Because, okay, we talk about Tigres. Um, I talked to Fernanda, and we, we were trying to figure out between me and her who are, like, figures our idols were when we were kids. And we, we named all of these guys. And I was like, damn, like, you know, this is – and that's how a women's game is growing because now these little girls get to have – you know, their idol, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, what what would it mean to you, like, to have this? Like, something that we didn't really have, you know, as we're getting older. I mean, I think, you know, it, it would be, it would just add on to to the legacies that a lot of these players have left behind. Um, and I, I really hope that Austin becomes part of that, you know, history and and that empowerment for for young little girls that are out there and and see them as their heroes or whatever you know just kind of like I did at one point with with players like um Abby Wambach uh uh Mia Ham you know all the all that like we have um our artist Joel who named his daughter Mia and it's such a beautiful thing to see that like that soccer tradition starts with a simple thing as her name, you know, and, and it's such a, it's such a, like to grow up with that name and know like, wow, I was named after this like superstar (laughs) really, you know, it's like, hopefully one day we have those women players in Austin that, that also, you know, man, I might even name one of my kids that, you know, and, and it takes people um, starting from the ground up, right. Um, in the community, kind of like Danny Woodfield, that man has grinded since the day I've met him. He has worked so hard and, and has not given up. Right. I'm sure there has been tough days where maybe he, he's just exhausted and has so much on his plate, but he does not give up. And, and he's built, he's, he's part of those foundations, you know, and those are the people that need to be recognized once women's soccer does come here. Cause like, like Roma said, it's not if, it's when are they coming and hoping that, you know, Austin FC is also part of that 
I really hope that they jump the ball or jump in and and bring women's soccer as well, right? And that they that they really go to community people like Danny or some of the other coaches in in the other teams because really they're starting they're starting a small foundation that is going to turn into something huge and those are the people that matter. Yeah. 100%. I grew up, you know, with the 99ers women's team and just absolutely idolizing Mia Ham and have an older sister who she wore number 9 and so like I would look up to my sister who also looked up to Mia Ham so just like these like strong female leads in my life and it's so something really cool now is I work with kids soccer. And so I see, you know, the young girls out there are so excited to play and, and, you know, tough and some of them, you know, better than the boys out there. And mm-hmm. to see that passion so young and like to think back when I was young, feeling that same thing too, having that woman's team here, just bringing that youth excitement. Because mm-hmm. also like the boys love to go to women's games too. They are, look at how many kids idolize our, our women's national team. Yeah. Um, I know they have a huge youth market with the women's national team and, that could be the exact same thing here in Austin. I think youth sports and youth soccer in Austin is huge. There's kids playing. There's fields everywhere, all ages. I work with ages two to eight years old. So from two and three-year-olds, they're getting introduced to the sport here in this town. And, you know, sometimes parents can't take their kids to Austin FC games, but they can take them to a, a woman's professional game. Okay, when um, I interviewed Danny um – When Tigres was here, obviously, that was a really big uh, deal for him. He expressed how big that was. But he also uh, mentioned to me that the reason, the mission behind FC Austin Elite um, was because of his daughters and, or his daughter, um, that was basically telling him that her end for playing soccer was, it was coming towards an end, right? Um, I can't talk right now. And, um, and so... I really connected with that statement because I felt the same way and I appreciated him um, saying that and and how he supports women and believes that women should get the fair chance um, to have a their own soccer team. Now, when he... When I asked him about the future of NWSL coming here, he just said that it's just so much, at least for him. You need to have, you know, someone backing you. And I know you mentioned that, you know, you hope Austin FC kind of backs him or backs, you know, this organization, this team that has really been grinding for the past nine seasons and has done it everything for women's soccer in Austin and not just them because you mentioned other um, organizations, other clubs, other involvements with women in sports. Um, but you know, that, that was kind of my, him, him telling me like, yeah, this is great, but um, there's just so much that goes into that trying to get a team because you need to really have someone who actually believes and trusts in, in your, in women's soccer and, Honestly, it's 2022, and we still live in this era where, you know, if you're a woman, you have to work for, like, triple hard at, <laughs> as to what your compadre over here, you know, as a guy, not you. Not you, comadre. But, you know, your counterpart, who's a male, who probably, um, you know, just is given the job because he's a guy and... He knows sports, you know, so. there, Yeah, I think there's so many facets of it, too, right? There's even, like, promotion, things like marketing, TV. Um, like I said, we mentioned, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, local teams here. We have UT. Um, 
UT consistently has players. Uh, you know, we had she had Julia Grosso was on there. They have other you know Canadian national team players even in the youth U.S. team system. And um, Abby, uh, I'm blanking now on her name, but we uh, there there's a, a an NWSL goalie right now who came from UT from Texas A&M. I mean, it's just promotion marketing is really lacking. And so, I mean, even with the clubs here, like, it'd be nice to have, you know, more marketing for them, um, local things. You know, I know you, you've been helping out with that, and, and we get involved when we can, too, and we're all in tune, so we get involved. But um, it's getting, like, that greater community involved, the same community that comes out for the U.S. women's team, which is amazing. Um, but so those people are there, and we can get them to come out for these and I think you know Danny's right there's probably a lot of a lot of pieces but I mean Austin we have all these people moving in here we have a lot of uh women-owned women-based companies here in Austin Elon Musk Elon Musk imagine okay I don't know about join an FC Austin elite just but there, there's that would be crazy there are the right. there are the people here to do it you don't need you know I mean out in in LA, Angel City, just they're a largely women-based women mm-hmm. investor group. We could do that here, but there, there's so much here, so much available that those resources are there. It just takes the people. Um, Kendra get, Scott. Yeah, Kendra I was about Scott. to say. I was Kendra about to say. Scott. B- Bumble is a oh, women-based yeah. organization. Yeah. You know, um, I was Sandra rich, Sandra Bullock yeah. is out here. Reese Witherspoon just got involved right. with Nashville. Nashville. Um, it's happening. Yeah, you know, I think um, it, it would, it, you know, we have it here, but it would be amazing to get it to the next level. On top of that, Houston has an NWSL team, and you see what the what rivalries can do. Uh, California just added two teams, San Diego and and LA, and there's already a crazy rivalry. That that would definitely happen here for sure, and. Um, again, with, with all these local teams, plus UT, plus Lone Star, there's a pipeline, too. And um, to, it's, it seems like a no-brainer to me. I mean, there's, you know, I think people talk all the time about, I mean, maybe even, probably even in MLS, there's so many men's teams that on an actual financial basis are probably failing, mm-hmm. um, probably not making a lot of money, or it takes a couple years before they're actually making money. But there's people still invested in that yeah. because they see the future. And the same can be true for women's sports. And we've seen it before when they get even just a little bit of marketing and promotion. And um, So, yeah, I, I really do think it's a, it's a win, but um, I'd like it to be a really soon win. Yeah, and I think it um, also will set the platform for, and more specifically, my conversation with Fernanda, how she – and other players in Mexico played here and went to college here, um, but then they went back to Mexico to play Liga MX Femenil, which is very new, um, a league that's very new. And so she talked about how she's, they still admire the way the U.S. women's national team was able to do what they did with the, when it comes to the settlement, with getting paid you know, equally, et cetera, et cetera, just putting – their game up to a pedestal where now they're trying to reach that same level 
And so, you know, and, and now over there, it's like a melting pot. You have like Mexican-Americans, Mexican whatever, right, um, playing for uh, the teams over there. But I think it will also like expand such a, I mean, you see the MLS versus Liga MX, you know, so it would probably be like the same thing. And talk about marketing, Tigres came and they always have their inchas. And, you know, and so it will just bring so much like attention to women's sports, more specifically women's soccer in Austin. So, yeah. That um, women's national team here, that atmosphere was electric. Was, that was my first time I got to see the women's national team. I definitely like, cried. It was so just, oh, my God, beautiful seeing a mom with her daughter. Like, yeah, yeah we just drove from this other state to come over here. We had no idea there from was Chicago, a Chicago, I think. They yeah, they flew from Chicago. Yeah, they were right we had no idea us. that um, there was a MLS team here. We just came for the women. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. That's a cool story. I love that. Yeah, I, I love anything that's family. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I noticed that at the Tigres game at Q2 also, like, there were so many families. It was so many generations of, like, the grandparents and, and the you know, dads and moms and then the kids, too, all wearing their generations of jerseys and stuff like that. And that was really cool to see kind of that. Yeah, the Liga Mekis, like, backgrounds of yeah, they've been around for all this time and to have someone very historic like that come to our stadium and kind of like, oh, one day, like, that's going to be our fans, our community here wearing generations of, of jerseys and, and outfits and kits and stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I think that's always, like, comforting. Um, and I think that's what soccer brings to just people who are not just raised on soccer but are learning soccer. But I just remember me and my family, me and my brothers, when we were kids, we would just, like – typical Saturday night we're all like on the sofa one two three and then my dad on the other one and just like watch soccer and so the same thing goes for when you walk into Q2 you bring like your cousins on it's like I know friends always like want to come with me and if I'm not in media I'm like no I'm going with my brother I'm like, I don't want to go with them like I'm whatever so it's like a family outing type of situation but I think that it's beautiful also to see that relationship with fathers and daughters and you know being what they like Kobe girl dad yeah. and so he would always do that no um but yeah um I don't know what else to say <laughs> oh you wanted to talk about women's communication sorry I kind of you're gonna have to you're gonna have oh, to you, do you want me to ask Michelle questions Oh, okay. Okay, y'all fire away. Okay, Okay, we can start over. Um, So, Michelle, you do a great job covering um, all sports and all news in Austin and and focusing on women's sports. You think so? I do. We know so. We know so, yeah. Um, But tell us how you got involved in that and and what what made you choose that career path. Yeah, um, so... Kind of going off of what Danny said, I thought my career in soccer was over um, after just getting older. Um, I didn't really want to go to college to play soccer, but I wanted to be involved in sports um, and more specifically in soccer. So I was an advocate um, since I was at UT when I got in you know, just trying to bring soccer in Austin. I didn't even know who Grant Watt was until he finally broke the news about Austin FC. Uh, but during that time, it wasn't Austin FC. It was Chelsea. It was, like, my love. Um, <laughs> and so I would just, like, always try to uh, do some stories on soccer, but it was, like, so scarce. Like, I couldn't really find those newsworthy stories, and I was just starting out. Um, but I still made it a, a point. I, I didn't even know how to use Zoom. I think back in the day it was, like, Skype. Mm-hmm. 
No Skype. Yeah. And so I got him on, and he came on to our class, talked a little bit about what he did at Sports Illustrated when he was there. Uh, he was a sports uh, senior writer. And so that's where I kind of started falling in love um, with soccer and journalism and what that brought. But I always felt like there was always a need um, for the Hispanic community um, because that's what we we love. I mean, it's nothing but soccer. And then you have the NFL, but it's very minor in Mexico. And um, um, so I just kind of, after that, I, I decided, okay, and this is what I'm going to do. And um, I always, I don't know, since I guess now, I'm still like trying to find my, my door um, into covering soccer like all the time making that my career because on top of what I do what y'all may see on social media I also produce like a newscast and I like sign reporter stories and I do this and that so it's like so many things at once and you know I see my counterparts uh, my male counterparts or my coworkers, um, like Chris Bills and you know they they have one job they have mm-hmm. one job and that's being a sports writer and I have like 300 jobs right um, so it can be a little bit overwhelming, but I do it for the community, and then I do it for the love of the sport. And I think it's um, important to have a woman, a woman, to talk about soccer. And it's not just me; I know there's other women in Austin. Um, but to talk about soccer, to get their opinion, because you we talk about this machismo in our culture, yep. um, and your opinions always get dismissed. Um, and I always thought that that was unfair because I played soccer too. I had those conversations with my dad. So why can't I report on that? And so I always, I don't know. I always tell my friends when I was little, I grew up in a ghetto high school and I always saw these girls pregnant and like becoming moms. And I would, I would scare the shit out of me. I was like, hell no, I was not made to be a mother. How do you pay for bills? Like I kept, like I ate a Lunchable today for, you know, for lunch. Uh, like, you know, it's just like, I wasn't made for this. I was made to, to carry on like a career and just try to figure it out on myself. But I wasn't made to be anyone's wife. I wasn't made to be anyone's <laughs> mother and not yet. I'm not dismissing that, but I just like, that's, that was just kind of always like my goal and my stride to try to make a difference, not just a woman on TV or reporting on soccer, but a, a Brown woman that could do it in both languages. So yeah, and and you know we we appreciate that, like because that's something that I personally see. You know, like you said, you have like three hundred different jobs, and we see all of them. You know, like at least like I know I pay attention to all the stuff that you do, and you know, like even when like the announcer position with Austin FC went up, like I was really. Oh, I don't think no one knows about that. I was. I was uh, we were we were all rooting for yeah, you. Yeah, I was rooting for you to to be out yeah. there. You know, and and because I think that's something that that I do see that we need more of in Austin FC. You know, we I want more women in there and more women of color, especially, and just the hustle that you bring to our community is is seen, you know, and, and I hope that you get that platform, you know, and if it hasn't been with Austin FC, I hope that when the NWSL team comes that you have that opportunity. And, and for me, you know, I hope that you'd never give up this dream that you have because it takes 
a shit ton of barriers to, to get to people, you know, and, and like you said, kids aren't for all of us, you know, sometimes like my goddaughter, it's, she's like my little rentable, you know, I go, I borrow her and then I take her back and then it's all good, you know, and, but within, you know, within your daily routine and stuff, it's, it's the career and the focus that, you know, some of us Latinas have, it's a different mindset. And I mean, just women in general, right? So I really hope that you continue to do the great work that you do and and that you get that platform because you definitely deserve it. And somebody that I definitely recognize within our community that continues to just grind and doesn't give up. You know, I see it every day. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think I that's so that. inspiring, too. Um, like, me personally, I hear your story, and, like, I, I feel that same similarity. You know, I got done with high school and kind of done playing soccer. It's like, okay, what do I do next? And, like, you know family members had children and stuff. I was like, oh, I'm not ready for that. And so I continued pursuing just sports in my, my, my college career. And I'm director of coaching for a kid's soccer program because I knew I wanted to work with kids and I knew I wanted to stay in the soccer realm. And just that's, that's my hustle. That's my focus and my love and my passion. And then just being a female lead in a very male kind of atmosphere, you know, you think soccer coaches and stuff, it's very male there. Um, but, and to be a Hispanic female doing this too inspiring well and you know earlier we talked we were talking about um having women's players as heroes instead of just men's players and that's the other thing representation matters and um so little girls seeing you on tv reporting in general reporting about sports um that's you know that's that's a huge thing for for the next generation as well and um yeah we're we're lucky to have you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And I appreciate that. I really do appreciate your kind words. Thank you. But I wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't. There's sometimes where, okay, I go to this these, I don't know, meetings, press conferences, like male, 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 male. Um, but it's nice to not have someone that's not a male being, being <laughs> in charge of like, or just like women leaders. Like, it's nice that I'm, that there's actually women who are running shit you know, here in Austin in soccer. So, I mean, kudos to y'all too. I mean, like y'all, y'all do such a good job. Like this team is so lucky. I don't know how many, like, it's just crazy. Cause even when I went to a Liga Mekis, um, uh, game in, in Mexico, it's like their, their fans were like, I was like, I was like 10 people. <laughs> like it was just, it sucked, it's you know? Intimidating so, too. so y'all do such a good job and, and, you know, who would have thought women are actually yeah. like, you know, running things. And obviously, you know, you have, you know, you have guide leaders as well and not knocking them, but, but it is refreshing on my point of view where I'm usually surrounded by, you know, testosterone. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so, so it's nice. Um, but I mean, you know, when it comes to Austin FC and me uh, being the PA announcer, yes, that was super low key. And I remember Arias, Arias, Aries. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was like, Michelle, you would be awesome. Like, he was just like, there, there, there. And, and he was so sweet. And they t asked me not to say anything about it. And I was like, of course, I won't say anything. He's like, we want to take these things in different directions. But then they, I guess they changed their mind, which is okay. I mean, I think, you know, it's it's hard that not everyone sees your potential, believes in things, um, how they will work out in a positive way. But I also think... The PA announcer does a great job as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, 
Yeah, hey. he's he's done a really good job. You know, I think I, he he brings a cool cool like a voice, a different something that I wasn't expecting, but definitely you know if if that's what the club like you said if that's the direction the club wants to go that's fine right you know it's and and opportunities continue to arise and you know you'll you'll get there and i'm i'm sure you will and i just can't wait to celebrate you once you once you reach that point in your career hey houston dynamo i'm i'm available whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Just, just don't get like a houston, houston dynamo tattoo or something oh my god wait didn't the pa guy didn't he like pa for houston or something like, yeah I think he has just a tattoo kidding. too, but we'll forgive him. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rama feels so uncomfortable. No, I'm just yeah. like, crossed the lines, ladies and gentlemen. She has crossed the line. And see, that's what happens when you drink sparkly water. <laughs> but yeah, I guess um I appreciate all ladies. I don't know if y'all have like any other things. Um I know we have a Liga MX Liga MLS uh con Kakaf. Yeah. I mean I think I think you know, it's it's uh, we're in we're getting there throughout the season, and, and we hope that everybody continues to support. You know, and I guess throughout the topics that we've talked about is that at the end of the day, like we all respect each other on and off the field, um, and that you know those people that might need help on something that they reach out and, and know that there's always somebody out there to help them, um, whether it's good or bad, right? Um, and Second of all, that, you know, more people continue to support women's soccer. It's a very important thing that I think we need to be, you know, have more eyes on in Austin. Um, and to always keep an eye out, you know, especially for our local teams and stuff, um, because they do have their schedules out there on, on social media and they are playing. So let's support them when we can, you know, and if and if we can and if we can attend those games, you know, then to try to find different ways, different avenues to be able to support them. Right. And um, before I forget, I think FC Austin Elite's uh, next game is uh, June 4th. June 3rd? June 3rd. June 4th. June 4th. June 4th. 4th. Sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, before okay. you make me question myself. Um, but so y'all can check them out. It's at 730. It's in Round Rock um, at the Elite Field. But um, I also want to close out with some predictions for this weekend. Hopefully this is out by then. Sure. Um, but uh, predictions, Houston Dynamo or La Copita. Man, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to be really hopeful that we go out there and we take all our anger out. I mean, we've beat Houston before already, and um, I hope we do the same. Um, last year we did 2-0, and I hope this year is 3-0. So. Oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I like a 2-1. I think they're going to be really tough. I think, you know, we're going to bring all of our fans. They're going to bring – what they got, and I think it'll be. I think it'll be a, a really fun match. But I definitely think Houston has a little fire underneath them too, um, coming off of of their game they lost against Dallas recently, and so it'd be a good one. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm so too bad. Hector uh, Herrera isn't here, but then, yeah, then again, bad. he's like too bad. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm I'm also gonna go two one, but mostly because I think you know. We we might just throw them a bone there in that in their home field, but um, yeah, I I'm going Austin two one on this one, and respectfully, fuck Houston. Yeah, <laughs> and I am gonna do three two. I think we're gonna we struggle on the road still, um, so I'm gonna say a three two. 
<laughs> we aren't at the in the road though, because Austin just. I mean, we, we take we take all of Texas. So. <laughs> and after that, it's that banter. No, y'all were at DC. <laughs> what was that last ten minutes like for y'all? Oh, yeah. oh my! Well, the whole game was that. That's the other thing, right? We always talk about even louder when you're down. I mean, we were there the whole game. We didn't have any instruments, and people were going the whole game. But that last ten minutes, I mean. We so DC uh, Audi Field is like super steep, especially where they had us all the way at the top. I swear it felt like we were like the stadium was moving in our <laughs> section. Like maybe you're just, drunk. <laughs> I probably <laughs> could be the head injury. I don't know, but uh, could be that we were all feeling a little crazy because you know Boyo got locked up, but Boyo Libre. So oh man, but <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Th- those are like those are the. I mean. We live for this team, but those are the nights like we real like that was incredible. I mean, those are the those are the kind of games that you talk about forever, and um, yeah, it was it, it was, was incredible. historic. Yeah, like that, that really was like I, nothing compared to the first season. I hate to compare, but this that was crazy. Though. The intensity, I was just like, why by this guy that hadn't even played a minute? <laughs> That's right. Like, yeah, it was crazy, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the guys come out with with the win, you know, and and I hope they treat this and feel the support that we we're gonna bring to Houston, um, and treat it like a home game, right? And go out there and give it their all because they they'll know on you know this weekend that we're all there, we're showing up just like we did in DC, and we're not gonna give up, and we're gonna continue to scream and yell. Is it gonna be bigger than last year? I don't know. I don't More know. People? Them, them bus know, rides are a little tough. Bus <laughs> <laughs> Those bus rides are a little suspect. Yeah. So, um, but we're definitely taking big numbers. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to dismiss that. I think, um, you know, nothing, nothing against. Well, I don't know about nothing mm-hmm. against Houston, but I think just uh, the a lot of people are on edge because of of the situations that happened last year and and the people that got hurt and stuff. And you know, at the end of the day, like we're at a soccer game. There's families involved. There's people involved in. When when you're out there like beating up on people or stealing things and stuff like that shit is annoying. Yeah. You know, like we're we're better than that. And so right. Um, all we can hope is that you know all the verdes keep each other safe, and we know that we're going with the positivity to to stay cool, calm, and collected. And if it things don't go out go that way, then we hope that you know no one gets hurt and and we come home safely. I mean, there's no excuse for anything violence to happen because I I even heard um, in San Antonio there was, like, this whole protocol where fans are supposed to go this with this way or the other way or there's, right? So there should be a protocol by the front office or at least some kind of situation where they're able to separate the both supporters group. Um, and, I, and obviously Houston's responsible on that mostly. So I hope they do that because... That, and, and not only Houston, I mean, I hope... MLS too, right? Yeah. I think yeah. at the forefront of all this, like MLS has to keep all MLS teams responsible for the actions that are going on in stadiums and essentially to an extent outside of the stadium too, right? It it's unfortunately it's unfortunate that we have to go with a lot of like tension into this game. Um, but you know, that's what rivalries are all about. But sometimes people just take it too seriously it too and soon. it just gets out of hand and and hopefully, again, you know, like I said, we come back with our people without being harmed and everybody gets home safe. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, there's nothing that we love more than passion. Um, but we want that to be passion for our club. We want we want uh, Houston to have passion for their club as well. Right. But leave it on on the field and supporting your club versus our club. 
Um, and, and that's the way it should be, right? We, we appreciate that. And, um, we just hope everyone, everyone can follow that kind of mantra. Cause that's, that's yeah. what we're all here for. We're all here for our team right, right, right. And, and not for these extracurricular things. So. Exactly. No one needs to end up in the hospital or anything. That's right. Well, thank you guys so much. This was uh, Otra Por Favor, episode number 44. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find me at Michelle Sanchez underscore TV. Gabby at Gabriela Navarro. I, I couldn't tell you my Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Something Gabby Navarro. <laughs> she doesn't have social media. She stays, you know, as a ghost, but she's always there. <laughs> <laughs> and find me on Twitter at Serafina Lopez. Yay. Okay. Thank you so much. Hope you all enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you soon. This is one more.